It is great to see a couple of young folks in here today, sitting sitting very quietly. Good job, guys. Yes. Good job. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us as your children in Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our elder brother. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in the family of God. And Lord, today, now, as we wait before you, as we go into Deuteronomy one more time, we ask, Lord, that you'll open up our eyes, open up our hearts. Help us, Lord, to apply what we hear today. Help us, Lord, to interact with your word. And help us, Lord, to really take it in and to live it out. We thank you, Father, for what you will do here. And uh, we just praise you for who you are and for the fact that you use your people to write down your word to communicate to us your truth about who you are, about who we are, and how we are to interact into your world. In Jesus' name. Well, today we come to the end of our time in Deuteronomy. And maybe some of you are uh, applauding in your minds. I don't know. (laughs) But it's been a while. But you know, this book of the law, the Torah, has not gone anywhere. It's not going anywhere. But we are going somewhere. Many of you already know this, but in case you don't, starting January 1st, 2023, we're going to go into another gospel, gospel in the New Testament, the gospel according to Luke. And so I invite you to join us and not miss a single message as we get into this amazing gospel, this amazing story of Jesus. You know, Luke is only one of two writings in the New Testament, really the entire Bible, that was written by a Gentile. You know, Luke was, obviously, and then the book of Acts as well. And uh, Luke wrote the book of Acts. And so I mentioned a couple weeks ago about how long we have been in Deuteronomy. It was July, first week in July, 2021. It's been a while. It's been a while, long time. But compared to how long it takes other pastors to go through Scripture, it's kind of a short time. For example, John MacArthur, you know, pastor of Grace Community Church in California, you know, he has been with his congregation for about 50 years, or maybe even more now, I think about 55. But they went through the book of Matthew. It took them five years to do so. And then John Piper, if you know who he is, it took him to go through the book of Romans, 225 messages. And so for only taking a year and a half, And 52 messages to go through Deuteronomy. I think that's a pretty short trip, don't you think? And since we began Deuteronomy, though, the gospel according to Moses, a number of things have happened to us. As I mentioned at the beginning of our series, the title, though, is not original with me. You know, I borrowed it from a title of one of the books written by a guy named Daniel Block. And he's the go-to guy for all things Deuteronomy. And when we began Deuteronomy, it was mid-COVID days. You know, it's kind of sad that we can judge time in our culture according to a disease. Now, we were at the beginning stages of streaming our uh, our services because of COVID. You know, we started out on Facebook. We were in the Corinthian correspondence then, right in the middle of that, when the whole thing started. But, you know, streaming on Facebook is so old school, isn't it? And now we stream our services on our website. You know, thanks to Sean and Sandra and Miranda. You know, they've done a great job, bang-up job helping us to advance a little bit. And who can forget on Sunday, our anniversary Sunday, we took a little break from from Deuteronomy. And we had such a great time at the river, didn't we? And over the course of Deuteronomy, we've also uh, added a few faces. It was during the preaching of the law of God that people came. Isn't it amazing? You know, we've had several folks come to know Christ 
as a Lord and Savior through this. And then there are others who just came in one Sunday and just decided to stay here. They, they've appreciated the ministry and they've stuck around. And I find this an amazing thing. Again, we're talking Deuteronomy here. And what that tells me is that the Lord is at work here. And I appreciate what Greg had said earlier. He says how the Spirit of God works, you know, in, in bringing things together concerning his word. And so whether we camp out in the Old Testament or the New Testament, the Lord has used his word to strengthen us, to further our unity and more completely develop our love for one another. You know, in some ways, because of Deuteronomy, the preaching of the law of God, he's brought us together. Now, over the years of Grace United, we've been through a number of books in the scriptures. And this is what happens in a church that honors his word. Amen. And several books back, I told you about an extremely valuable time that I had when I was in school. And for the sake of you who have not gone through our nutshell messages, I want to give you the backstory about it. One of my first classes in seminary really helped me understand the entire New Testament. Dr. James Borland was my professor, and he was an interesting sort of guy. Yeah, he was, he was well known as a very conservative scholar back in the 1990s. He was part of the New Testament Translation Committee of the New King James Version of the Bible. And so if you like the way it reads, or even if you don't, he's partly responsible for all that. So Dr. Borland was tough in class. He was very precise by the book, and his demeanor was, was pleasant and kind, but he was very demanding in his class. And by the time I finished his class called Introduction to the New Testament, I knew well the background, the culture, the history, and the overall content of every writing in the New Testament. And Dr. Borland was a stickler for many things. But one thing I remember most was chapter IDs. <laughs> and one of his assignments for us as, as his students in that semester was not only did we have to read and digest the entire New Testament, we also had to give a brief description of every chapter in the New Testament. whole lot of work. But you know what? Having to write out the chapter IDs was the most fruitful thing I'd ever done in seminary. And so today we're going to begin to put some IDs on every chapter in the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to see a big picture of what we spent 51 messages going through. And that's why I call this message Deuteronomy in a nutshell. But before we do, though, I want to jog our memory about the things that we've gone through concerning Deuteronomy. Things are of absolute importance when it comes to understanding this book, this book of the law. The first thing is the name of this book. The name Deuteronomy, the word Deuteronomy actually means second law or second giving of the law. Now, that's the English name, but that's not the Hebrew name. See, going by the English title can lead some to misunderstand that Deuteronomy, in, in Deuteronomy, Moses was actually giving a second law, but he wasn't. But the official title of this book is the Hebrew name, the first few words of the book. The, the Hebrew title is, these are the words. That's the title of this book. In other words, Moses did not give a second law. Rather, Deuteronomy explains the law that was given 40 years prior. And so it's better to say Torah regarding this book rather than law, since Torah means teaching, as in Moses teaching God's ways to God's people. That's what Deuteronomy is all about, as we know. A second thing I want to remind us about is, again, to whom this book is directed. Moses teaches 
or he explains to Israel how to live as God's people. See, let me emphasize this again. The Torah was given to God's people. It was not given to the pagans. It was not given, as we would call, to non-Christians. It was given to God's people. See, Israel was already saved, as we would say things, because God had delivered all of them from Egypt. He delivered them. He saved them. And only after he delivered them did he give them his law. Now, I want to make a, a minor point about this, though, that just because the Lord delivered every last one of the people who in Israel does not mean that every last Israel was, in the way we say things, eternally saved. God has always had a remnant, but that's another message for another time. And the third thing I want to remind us about Deuteronomy is the twofold purpose of this book. First, God's ways are doable. They are doable. The Lord actually expected Israel to live out his ways. See, Moses told Israel this in Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. This commandment, and we're talking about the entirety of what he had talked about. This commandment I command you today is not too hard for you. For God, for Israel to live out God's ways was a blessing. It was an advantage. It was a benefit for them, not only as a nation, but also to set a bright witness to the pagan nations surrounding them. And here's what he said in Deuteronomy 4, 5 through 8. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who when they hear all these statutes, the nations will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? So in other words, Israel's faithful obedience would result in a powerful witness of God's ways to the nations around them. It's always been God's intention that his people be a light to the nations, to those outside the family, as it were. Second part of Deuteronomy's purpose is found in some of Moses' last words that he said to his people in Deuteronomy 32, 46 and 47. Take to heart all of the words which I am warning you today, that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law, for it is no empty word for you, but your very life. And by this word, you shall live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to possess. See, as we can see, Moses' purpose in teaching Israel these things was for them to be a vibrant witness to the pagan world. And by living out his ways, Israel was to discover that this really was the best way to live life. See, Jesus termed it an abundant life. And somebody described an abundant life this way, a life overflowing with meaning and with purpose. That's what Torah living is all about. The last piece of vital information I want to share with you before we actually get into the chapter IDs is the language Moses uses in Deuteronomy. It's similar to the language the nations back in the day used 
as they were enacting treaties with one another. Many of these treaties included language of the warm, relational, family type, and not so much of a cold, hard, business transaction type. See, I mentioned this kind of a treaty a number of times, if you remember. It was called the Suzerain Vassal Treaty. See, terms of endearment are included here, as we remember. Terms like, the Lord set his love on you, and you are the Lord's special treasure, and that the Moses calls on Israel to love the Lord with all your heart. This is the kind of language used in this book. It's not just like a, a, a hard, cold business transaction. This is love relationship here. See, the Lord Israel's suzerain, their divine superior, pledged his provision and his protection for Israel. In return, the Lord demanded of Israel his vassals, his vast inferiors, their loyalty. This is the main reason why idolatry was emphasized throughout this. Don't commit idolatry. God told Israel over and over again. See, idolatry was and is, by definition, described as disloyalty. God sees idolatry as spiritual adultery. It's a grievous thing to him and to anybody who, who understands what adultery is all about. God says, don't do this, my people. Let me remind us one more time, though, of what the Lord wanted from his people. It was never about perfection. It was never about flawless behavior. He promised his people that he would never ultimately cast them away, even though they were going to commit spiritual adultery time and time again. So you remember how Moses predicted that Israel was going to commit gross idolatry and he was going to scatter them three sheets to the wind to the nations. But eventually, Israel was going to come to their senses, and they were going to return to the Lord. Moses predicted that the Lord was going to bring them back to the land, and then he was going to give them even greater blessings than before. What a lesson of grace and mercy found in Deuteronomy, the book of the law. But now with all that said, let's kind of dive into the chapter IDs. You should have been given a worksheet, so you might want to pull that out. And for those who don't know how it works, we're just going to go through some of these chapters together. A lot of the chapter IDs have already been figured out for you. I've already put them down, suggested for you. So I'm going to read a few verses of the ones that we're going to actually go through and have time to do today. Now, some of you may be thinking, why are we going to do this? It just seems like an academic exercise. This reminds me of being in a classroom. Well, I grant you that. It is kind of like in a classroom today. But what's one of the purposes for the existence of Grace United? Upon the foundation of prayer, we exist to learn the Bible. And that requires at times that we as Bible students come and approach this book as a student would in a classroom with a textbook. We sometimes need to do the hard work to understand the Bible as students. Because if we're followers of Christ, what has he done? He has enrolled us in the courses of Bible study. And we are called to be Bible students. So let me give you another reason for chapter IDs. This is to prepare us to serve in ministry with other people. See, it's not enough for us to tell people when we share with them about for example, the things in Deuteronomy about not stealing or not coveting. We just can't tell them, well, you know, it's somewhere in the Bible. 
I, I know it's there somewhere. The Bible is a big book. It's chock full of the Lord's revelation, and we must know where to find it. So as we go through these chapters, feel free to make these chapter ideas part of you, that you put them in your own words. Make it personal. Use words to help you to remember what these chapters are all about. As you know, if you look in there, you see that some of them are filled in, but there's also a blank line underneath. So that's for you to fill that in with your own words. And so finally, let's begin with some of these. And so I'm going to read the main point of the chapter as I see it. I want, I want to solicit from you, you know, what you think might be a chapter ID here. I want you to say it out loud, and I'm going to repeat it so everybody can hear it. And even for people who are online or tuning in, like David, you know, across the pond, or even Gabriel, who is on the road nowadays. And so, again, we're not going to cover every chapter. We don't have enough time, and I would love to. However, I realize that the mind can only absorb as much as a seat can endure, right? And so as you see, I filled in many of the chapter of these already. And my encouragement, though, for you is to read through Deuteronomy and come up with a fresh set of IDs for yourself. Now, there are many places, you know, as you read the Bible and you see these different section titles and the, and the headings of them, you know, there's people who learn it, people who put those in there. You know, they're not inspired, though. And so don't be lazy. <laughs> don't just use those. You go through and you figure it out yourself as far as what these chapter IDs ought to be for you. So avoid taking the easy way out. Now, so that said, let's go through some of these chapters together. You ready? Okay, so let's begin with chapter one. And I'm going to read what I think is the, the main point of chapter one and then see if you can come up with a chapter ID, okay? It's 11 days journey from Mount Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. In the 40th year, On the first day of the 11th month, Moses spoke to the people of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment to them. The Lord our God said to us in Horeb, You've stayed long enough at this mountain. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. Yet you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your tents, and you said, Because the Lord hated us, He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to give us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. And the Lord heard your words and was angered, and he swore not one of these men of this evil generation shall see this good land that I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him and to his children I will give the land on which he has trodden because he has wholly followed the Lord. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter as well. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. So with what I just read, what would be your stab at a chapter ID? A phrase, a couple words, whatever. So what do you think? God speaks to us on our journey. Makes promises. Moses rebukes his people. All right, what else? Obey the Lord. Short, sweet, to the point right there. Obey the Lord. Second chance, let's go. Wonderful. Fantastic. So you guys are getting this. This is great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anybody else? Israel's refusal to enter the promised land. Yes. Rebellion. Again, the main points we want to find out. We want to have the main points in front of us. So we know what this chapter is all about. Chapter two is a giants in the land. The battle of Sion. Chapter three, the battle of Og. Don't you love that name, Og? Moses is disqualified. And remember, 
Moses uh, was pleading with the Lord, Lord, can't I just go into the land? And what did God say to Moses? No more. Don't, don't talk to me anymore about this. Whoosh. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Chapter 4, obedience to Torah, witness to the nations. Chapter 5 is pretty obvious, pretty simple. It's the Ten Commandments. And by the way, we're going to recite the Ten Commandments later on today. Chapter 6 is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And by the way, the word Shema means to hear, as in to hear with the attitude of obedience. And uh, this is Israel's pledge of allegiance to the Lord. This is what they, re- they would recite yeah, every day, sometimes twice a day. Chapter 7, let's go there. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you as the nations, and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them, and you shall show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons, or taking their daughters for your sons, for they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you, and he would destroy you quickly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall break down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and chop down their ashram and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it's because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So what would that chapter be? Fear the Lord, act like it. Love it. Fear the Lord, act like it. You're God's people. Yes. What else? Israel's instructions for the new land. Again, notice what people are doing. It's your own words. And there's no right or wrong answer to this. As long as you're accurately reflecting what's in the text. What else? Abolish idols. Serve the one God. Wonderful. Fantastic. Okay, let's go to chapter 8. The Lord tests you. Do not forget his goodness. Here is what Jesus quoted when he was tempted. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's in this chapter right here. So let's go to chapter 9. Hear, O Israel. You're to cross over the Jordan today to go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than you. Cities great and fortified up to heaven. A people great and tall. The sons of the Anakim who you know and of whom you've heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. Do not save your heart after the Lord your God has thrust you out, thrust them out before you. It's because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. Whereas it's because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. Not because of your righteousness, or the uprightness of your heart, you're going in to possess the land. But because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out from before you that he may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, because you are a stubborn people. 
Remember and do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you came out of Egypt uh, to, until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. And when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea saying, go up and take possession of the land that I've given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God and you did not believe him or obey his voice. You've been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. So what will be a chapter ID here? Admonishment from God. It's tough stuff, isn't it? Admonishment from God. God is able. Trust the Lord in his plans. God's promises fulfill Israel's reward. There but for the grace of God go you. Yes. Yes. Trust God. Remember your ancestors. Be faithful. Yes. Some of these are a little bit long, and uh, it, we have to sometimes encapsulate everything that's there. There's so much in these chapters. Well, anybody else? It's not about you. It's not about you. Beautiful. Fantastic. Moving on, chapter 10. Second set of tablets. You know, Remember, Moses broke the first set. He got the second set. He was talking about that in this chapter. Circumcise your heart and do not be stubborn. Chapter 11. Remember your great deliverance. Anticipate your beautiful inheritance. Again, these are just some suggested chapter IDs I came up with. Chapter 12, cleanse the Lord's land. Make it a holy, joyful place. Let's go to chapter 13. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them. You should not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery to make you leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you must purge the evil from your midst. Chapter ID. Beware of false prophets. Amen. Your God is a jealous God. Yes. Use discernment. Valuable that is. Yes. Use discernment. Yes. Walk the path already lit. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Let's move on. Chapter 14. Clean and unclean food. A whole chapter there, right? And also tithes is in this chapter. Chapter 15. The Shemitah. The Shemitah. A year of generosity to your neighbor. The year of release every seven years. Chapter 16. He talks about the three great feasts. Passover and Pentecost and Sukkot. He also talks about biblical justice. Boy, if the woke people were just to read this part, <laughs> things would be a whole lot better in our culture. Chapter 17, righteous worship, legal judgments, and future royalty. You know, Moses predicted that they were going to want a king. And here's some of the regulations and rules for the king when he comes to power. Chapter 18, provision for the priests, no abominations. And then Moses said, another prophet is going to be uh, raised up a prophet like me, you shall listen to him. And that, of course, was the prophet Jesus later on. Chapter 19, cities of refuge. 
right boundaries. Don't move the boundary markers. Righteous witnesses. Chapter 20, holy warfare. The whys and the wherefores of this. Chapter 21, human dignity and justice. Unresolved murders, captive women, inheritance, rebellious children. And then what do you do with someone after they die? This is all found in this chapter. Chapter 22, brotherly love, holy agriculture. How you're even supposed to plant your, your, uh, your, your seeds and what that's all about. Sexual purity. Chapter 23, cleanness in the assembly and in the war camp. Justice regarding slaves and financials and vows. Let's go to chapter 24. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and then if she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, and she departs out of his house, and if she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the latter man hates her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, or if the latter man dies who took her to be his wife, and then her former husband, who sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife after she has been defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord. And you shall not bring sin upon the land that the Lord your God has given you for inheritance. When you make your neighbor a loan of any sort, you shall not go into his house to collect his pledge. You shall stand outside the door, and the man to whom you make the loan shall bring the pledge out to you. That's in this chapter. What would be a chapter ID suitable for this one? When dot, 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 you shall not, right? (laughs) Gotcha. Details and specifications of God's law. Beautiful. Wrestle with it. What's that? Practical examples. God speaks, people are to listen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What else? Wrestle with it. Let's move on. Chapter 25. Crime and punishment. Leverite marriage. Fairness in business. Divine justice upon Amalek. There's just a hodgepodge in this one. It was really kind of hard to figure out there. Chapter 26. I just called it D&D, which is dedication to the Lord and one's testimony of deliverance. D&D. Chapter 27. Blessings and curses. Remember when we acted that out? Those of you who were here, we acted that out. Blessing on Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Chapter 28. Blessings for loyal obedience and curses for disloyal disobedience. Chapter 29. The covenant renewal and warnings again for disobedience. So let's go to chapter 30. And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you. Again, remember, he drove them out. He scattered them because of their idolatry. And return to the Lord your God, you and your people, and obey his voice in all that I command you today with all your heart and with all your soul. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you, and he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If you're outcast, you're in the uttermost parts of the heavens. From there, the Lord your God will gather you. And from there, he will take you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it. And he will make you more prosperous and numerous 
than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. And you shall again obey the voice of the Lord and keep all his commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your cattle, and in the fruit of your ground. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers when you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes that are written in this book of the law. When you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. What an amazing chapter that is. What would be a good chapter idea here? Reward of obedience. Beautiful. What else? Repentance brings renewal. Yes. Book of the law. Repentance brings renewal. Amazing, isn't it? What else? The Lord cares for you. Listen to him. It's great. Repentance and forgiveness. Yes. God is merciful, full of grace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Promises for when you return after exile. When you return. That's that's key, isn't it? When you return. He's not abandoned his people. The Lord's faithful even when you're not. There you go. There you go. Fantastic. Let's go to chapter 31. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I'm 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you should not go over this, over this Jordan. The Lord, your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings, the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. Then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the son of Levi, who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to the, and to the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, at the end of every seven years, at the set time of the year of release, at the Feast of Booths, then when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God, at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. Be careful to do all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land that you're going over to the Jordan, over the Jordan to possess. Chapter ID. The Lord is your provider. Changing of leadership, the Lord is your provider. Never forget the one who got you where you are. Yes. Excellent. The law is not to be forgotten. Amen. Amen. God will be with you. You. Go in chapter 32. Moses' song. Remember that? 
blessings and curses. The Lord predicts Moses' death. Chapter 33, Moses' blessing on Israel's tribes. Then finally, Moses' death and burial. Israel's mourning and Joshua's leadership. And there, my friends, is Deuteronomy in a nutshell. We went through the entire book today. Amazing? This is the Lord's blueprint for Israel's holiness and happiness. But what about us? What do we have to do with Deuteronomy? Should we as Christians seek to apply all of Deuteronomy to our lives? Because I can't remember the last time I heard anybody install a parapet for their home, in Virginia anyway, to protect people from falling off their roof. And did anybody see that news report where mom and dad took their rebellious son to the center of town and accused him of stubbornness and rebellion and then had him killed on the spot? Me neither. <laughs> and again, by the way, that's never happened. I mean, it was there just in case parents quote wanted to do that, but it never was carried out as far as I know. Yeah. It was a final option. Yes, that's right. Right. And so we've done, as we've done so many times, we discover the truth in Deuteronomy, and then we carry to the New Testament, seeking to apply the truth there. And so I see in this book as, as a whole, as we look at it as a whole, in bright lights, a vital principle that we can carry and we can take into our lives. And here it is. God's people are to obey God's word. That's what it is. It's full stop. You know, one of the memory verses I have, have been going through lately, in fact, yesterday I reviewed, is John uh, 13, 17. You know, it's become my habit as I've reviewed and meditated on Scripture that I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what practical thing can I take from your word today that I can apply to my life and just put it into my life? And here's what he said to his disciples in John 13, 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And so I pray to the Lord, Lord, what is these things that you refer to here? See, in the context, if you know, if you know that passage, Jesus served his disciples. Well, how did he serve them? He washed their feet. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He says, if I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. And the thing that the Lord directed my attention to on that day, yesterday, about in this memory verse, was where the blessing lies. See, Jesus said, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. That's where the blessing is. You know, we're so good at receiving information, right? In our Bible studies, and when we hear it in a message, and we often think that the Lord has blessed us simply because we've been exposed to the info. But the blessing is to be found not merely in knowing these things, but in the doing of these things. Now, it's vital that we receive Bible information. Can we agree with that? But the Lord blesses us when we do the information. And so, is this vital truth that we've been seeing in Deuteronomy that we can bring forward in our lives? See, as his people, God expects us to do his commandments, and they are doable, aren't they? And we do them because we love him. That's the motivation. Remember Moses telling his people, the commandment I give you today is not too hard for you. See, God's commandments indeed 
are doable. We find the same truth, you know this, right, in the New Testament as well. In, in 1 John 5, 3, here's what John says. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Not only are God's commandments doable, they ought to be delightful, right? Smile on the face. They ought to be delightful. See, we ought to consider each command of the Lord Jesus, God in the flesh, as an opportunity to show him that we love him. My challenge for you and to me, as we read his word, or we hear it in a message, we need to pray this, Lord, give me an opportunity to obey what I'm hearing today in some way, shape, or form. And for me, I need to communicate more. See, on this little piece of technology I have that I read my notes from, communicate to you, my text function works very well. And my keypad on my phone works very well as well. And so I need to be more assertive in sharing and in telling people that I'm praying for you, I, I'm encouraging you. And of course, I'll, I'll tell you that I'm praying for you after I pray for you, right? So I need to do that. I don't lie. don't want to do that. And so sometimes we need to do the hard thing as well. Like whatever the hard thing is, forgiveness comes to mind. Or loan out your stuff. Or give money as a gift to those in need. You know, sometimes it's as difficult as turning off that video that you really wanted to watch so that you can set aside time to read scripture and pray. Or even doing the very difficult work of memorizing God's word, including the reference word perfectly. Or for the sake of the Lord, giving your employer an even more productive day than you normally do, even if you don't like your employer. Right? Why are we laughing? (laughs) The possibilities, though, are endless, aren't they? Every day is a new day in which to serve him, to obey the commandments. Why? Because we love him. And so as we bring our time to a close in Deuteronomy, I think it's a good thing for us to recite together several truths that are foundational, the heart of the matter in this book. And so, in your bulletin, you have some things that I want you to pull out. It starts with the Ten Commandments, ten words. And so I want us to read them together. And I want us to read it like we mean it. And so we, we want to read together the Ten Commandments, the great Shema, again, and, and also some of the last words of Moses that he wrote to his people as he reminds Israel of the happy results obedience to the Torah brings. So let's read together the ten words starting in Deuteronomy 5, 6 to 21. Let's read together. I am the Lord your God who brought you out the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You should not bear the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who bears his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day, 
to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you. You shall not murder and you shall not commit adultery and you shall not steal and you shall not bear witness against your neighbor and you shall not covet your neighbor's wife and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field or his male servant or his female servant, his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. So let's read again from the great Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And finally, the happy a result of obedience to the Lord's ways from Deuteronomy 32, 46 and 47. Take to heart all the words by which I am warning you today that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law. For it is no empty word for you, but your very life. Amen. Let's pray. O oh Lord, our God, what an amazing God you are. What an amazing book from Genesis to Revelation, but Lord, what an amazing book Deuteronomy is. And Lord, even though we are not going to be spending together corporate time together in Deuteronomy, uh, we're going to be moving on. Lord, we thank you for what is what has been written here. We thank you for the way that you inspired Moses to not only speak these words, but also to write them down so they can be uh, available to us. Lord, I pray that as we move on from Deuteronomy, that we won't be moving on from Deuteronomy permanently, but that we will regularly revisit this incredible book of the law. Lord, help us to live by it. Help us, Lord, to to do your commandments because we love you. And Lord, to do them and to love you because you have loved us first. We thank you, Lord, for this time in your word today. And we ask God now that you help us to truly live it out. Lord, give us something today that we can practically apply to our lives to show you primarily that we love you. And now, Father, I pray that you'd help us as we uh, partake in two more activities of worship. I pray that our worship will be acceptable in your sight in our giving and also our singing. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to give of ourselves in our voice and also with our wallets. And we'll thank you, for, uh, Father, for what you'll do with these things in Jesus' name.